0: Is Christianity bankrupt? Please don't throw this book in the trash before we have a chance to qualify that question. We chose the name Our Fathers Have Inherited Lies not to cast blame on our fathers, but to declare a reality. Our fathers, our forebears, through no fault of their own, have inherited lies, and they never knew it. Those lies were surreptitiously imposed on them by a master craftsman he is the architect the creator and designer of all things false and deceitful he is our enemy he is god's enemy we do not blame our parents or grandparents or those that blazed the trails of faith before them we do not point a finger of culpability at those who taught us our most sacred and treasured values and beliefs and just as in jesus parable of the wheat and the tares this enemy has left just enough truth alongside the lies that no one throughout our history was any the wiser. Few seem to realize that our field had been compromised. It is with the utmost delicacy and tenderness that we write this introduction because we need anyone who decides to pick up this book and read it to know how grateful we are to our pastors preachers, pulpit ministers, youth ministers, and cradle-roll teachers for the service and love and truth and grace with which they all poured into us. They cared for us and loved us and inculcated in us the riches of God the Father, Jehovah, and His Son, Jesus, Yeshua. We love our Christian heritage. We love our churches. We love God the Father, Jesus, His Son the Holy Spirit, and the sacred writings in which we read about and believe in all of them. It is not with wanton utterance or capricious parley that we ask if Christianity is bankrupt. On the contrary, it is written without anger, it lacks ulterior motive, and is devoid of passive aggressivity. We hold no grudges. It is simply a question we are asking. The book that you hold in your hand will attempt to provide proof that our beloved Christianity can no longer cash the checks that she has been writing. Because, after all, when you don't have enough money to pay the bills that you owe, you are bankrupt. Please allow a couple of examples to demonstrate what is meant by the question, Is Christianity bankrupt? Jesus never weighs in on abortion substance abuse, kidnapping, homosexuality, or bestiality. Yet mainstream Christianity still believes these things are wrong. But the interesting question is, why they are believed to be wrong? All of them are addressed in the Bible. Christians look to the New Testament for their laws, while the Jews look to the Old Testament for their laws. The funny thing is, all of the New Testament writers were Jews who were looking to the only standard of right and wrong that existed before the so-called birth of Christianity, the Mosaic law. If Paul addresses the sin of homosexuality in his letter to the Corinthians, on whose authority does he claim that it is sin, especially in light of the fact that Jesus allegedly does away with the law on the cross? No one in the New Testament addresses the sin of bestiality. It is not, quote, recommanded, end quote, or even restated, as the argument goes. So, is bestiality perfectly acceptable in Christianity, since, once again, Jesus supposedly did away with the law on the cross? How about child trafficking? Is that okay, since kidnapping is not addressed in the New Testament by any author in any book? The Supreme Court has ruled that Roe v. Wade does not make abortion a constitutional right. They did not outlaw abortion or even declare it wrong. They simply said that each state should make their own rules regarding abortion. Christians are instructed to obey the laws of the land in Romans 13, Titus 3, and 1 Peter 2. Does this mean that the moral stance regarding abortion can now be decided by the Christians living in those states because the United States judicial system said they could? Christianity has been enforcing laws subtly and overtly for centuries, yet it failed to teach its adherents where the authority for those laws came from. Jesus was not, by his own admission, the authority behind the laws he taught. What he and all of the other contributing authors of the New Testament consistently claimed was that Yehovah was not only their authority, but also the authority behind the laws. Christianity has been stealing its morality, grace, forgiveness, and mercy from the Old Testament, all the while claiming that the Old Testament is obsolete. Christianity has not been robbing Peter to pay Paul. Christianity has been robbing Moses to pay Paul. Dr. Frank Turek wrote a book called Stealing from God, in which he makes an excellent argument that atheism has been stealing its morality from God in order to make a case that there is no God. Incredibly, Christianity has been doing something similar for the last 1,700 years. Christianity has been taking God's eternal attributes, his power and his promises written in the Mosaic Law and using them to argue that the Mosaic Law is done away with. In fact, the only credentials that Jesus ever had, the very source that predicted his coming in the flesh, his death, and his resurrection, was the law and the prophets. And this is precisely what Christianity teaches is gone. Null and void. Christians are taught that Jesus fulfilled the law, as if the law were a contract that could be fulfilled instead of a law that is obeyed every day. Jesus did not fulfill a contract. He fulfilled or filled full a law that had been emptied of its glory and beauty and life-giving quality. We are calling Christianity to account for its practices. It is high time that Christianity undergo an audit by her shareholders. How arrogant of the adherence to Christianity to believe that we have all arrived at truth and now may sit back and coast our way into heaven. Many a check has bounced. The account has been overdrawn for way too long. Christianity may indeed be bankrupt because the account that it has been withdrawing from is the very account that Christianity claims is empty, the Old Testament. As we continue through this book, we will attempt to demonstrate just how Christianity has reached the end of her resources and what happens next. The story that has been perpetuated from around the 5th century right up to the present time is not the story that the Bible records. It is certainly not the story that you have heard in church. The Christianity that is practiced today inherited from our fathers and our fathers' fathers is a blurred semblance of what it once was and what it is still meant to be. This is a hard thing to read. We assure you, this is a much harder thing to write. For how can anyone claim that Christianity is bankrupt? Would it go down any easier were we to say that Christianity has been corrupted? According to the definition of the word corrupt? this is precisely what has happened. Corrupt is defined as a text or a computer database or a program made unreliable by errors or alterations. Christianity as a program has been made unreliable by errors and alterations. But How can any serious believer in Jesus, God, or the New Testament assert that the sacred words penned by Matthew, Mark, Paul, Peter, James, John, or any contributing author of the New Testament are unreliable or contain errors? Allow us to make ourselves very clear. The words that these aforementioned men wrote down are not what is unreliable or erroneous. Rather, The interpretation of their words, the understanding and the application of their words are what have been corrupted and, as a result, have rendered Christianity bankrupt. What we, the bearers of the Christian faith, have inherited is simply not the whole truth. The story that the Creator has been telling since the beginning is not the same story that you have heard and believed and lived out. It is not the same story that Matthew told, that Mark wrote down, that Luke recorded, or that John put into words. The book that you are reading right now has only one goal to tell the same story that the God of the Bible has been telling all along. This goal will be realized without the use of sleight of hand wordplay. We will not try to convince you that what is needed to understand the Bible is lofty scholarship or advanced degrees in theology. What we will do is lay out a case that the Christianity that has been handed down to us is not only laden with contradictions, but has been corrupted by errors in its interpretation and application for hundreds of years. We will base this argument in logic reason, philosophy, and common sense. We will also ask a lot of questions, all of which every one of us does or uses on a daily basis.